Welcome to Day Zero Update for October 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. And yeah, this has been a, a nice week of some big news. Yep. Uh, but not too much news here. No. Uh, we do have a bunch of dates, uh, some stuff happening here and there. A surprise release on the Switch that breaks a new barrier for the system. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what that's all about. Oh, yeah. Uh, stuff coming out here over the next uh, few weeks and next month. Uh, and then we got uh, one of the not major platforms uh, still going on uh, for a little bit longer before they're getting shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we uh, have, yeah, uh, a game that was supposed to be contending with God of War Ragnarok this fall yep. has been delayed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and E3 might happen next year, actually. Might <laughs> being, still have, the, uh, being the key being the key phrase here. Yeah, but yeah, that is uh, that is that. Uh, we'll talk about that stuff when we get to it. Uh, but it looks like Danra might be getting into here in a little bit. But before we get uh to that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. All right. Uh, now kick it off here with uh, potion permit, kind of being the big thing I've been playing this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh. Put about seven hours into it so far. Uh, it is a game that very much takes a lot of uh, inspiration from a Stardew Valley, uh, but instead of farming being like the main thing you're doing, uh, here it is sort of making potions mm-hmm. uh, in a sense of a more medical context. Uh, so you are a chemist coming from the capital. Uh, from the Medical Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really get into that anymore specifically, but you're coming to this island of Moonberry that's had an issue uh, where their mayor's daughter has gotten sick and uh, they, uh, they're they only like, doctor is a witch doctor who mm-hmm. apparently has not been able to figure out a solution for the issue. So mm-hmm. they've called in a chemist from the capital. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon getting there, you find out it's like, oh, you are completely hated by everybody. Mm. Uh, so much so that pretty much everybody, but like the mayor and his wife, are uh, treating you like you're the worst person, like you, like you're Hitler that just walked in, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, you go and uh, through the intro and hear, you know, talk to the the daughter and you go through the whole process that you go to for anybody that shows up in your clinic. Yeah. Uh, that uh, they say like, Oh, there's something weird with, you know, my left wrist and maybe something weird with my right ankle. And you go into this sort of examination of just a, a generic sort of body figure mm-hmm. uh, of sorts. And you hover over the thing and it's like, goes into a diagnosis mode. Uh, if it's not something simple, they have you do like a quick little mini game. Yeah. Uh, the two I've seen so far, there's like a Simon Says, mm. and that is kind of brain dead simple because it is well, it's just three rounds and it doesn't escalate. It's just a, mm-hmm. uh, a three directions each time and it doesn't like go like, okay, then that plus one more note is just here's three different uh, sort of pairs uh, or trios of directions. Uh, the other one is sort of just a quick little rhythm thing, but there's not even any music behind it. It just has uh, 
directions coming at this circle and you just hit it when it's in the circle. You don't even have to get them all right mm-hmm. uh, either. It's all been pretty simple so far and I'm still fairly early in the game because uh, there's still stations. So they, they set you up with this house that is really run down uh, in kind of shitty condition. Uh, and the same with the clinic. Uh, though if I've kind of progressed a little bit in the story, the uh, they've fixed up the house a little bit, but I think I still have stations that I have to go to the like builder in town mm-hmm. to pay for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but right now I have a cauldron for making potions, mm-hmm. uh, and the potion stuff is pretty neat. Uh, for that, because it is uh, instead of just being a strict recipe of you know get these items, and then that makes a potion. Yeah, uh, the potion is like a uh, a field uh, for a puzzle, essentially, mm-hmm. where you have like these different shaped blocks that the different ingredients uh, are represented by. Yeah, uh, and so you put them in, and you can be pretty fluid with that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. All the initial recipes uh, can use any pieces you have. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. once you might get in the future, they differentiate items by elements. So there's like, I think fire, water, earth, and like plant or something like that. Green. Uh, so you can kind of mix and match those. However it fits. Uh, you have a limit of five items you can put. Uh, you'll see a little counter or meter on the side with five notches mm-hmm. and there's 10 total you gotta eventually upgrade it mm. to fit to that. So that's kind of the other uh, thing there. But uh, yeah, you make your potion, you bring it over, you apply it to the area and it's solved at least so far. That's what has been. Uh, so you fix up the, the daughter and, you know, her dad, the mayor is very happy. Her mom's happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people start uh, uh, treating you a lot better. Cause like, it's like oh, you've done nothing. You you're worse than dirt. It's, you know, mm. real weird, like shitty comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you start to figure out early on that, like, uh, in the past, at some point, chemists from the capital have come into uh, their island uh, to do some research, and some sort of accident has happened, mm. uh, and they all have gained a rather like scorching hatred of cap chemists from the capital. Mm. Uh, I'm starting to dig into some of that stuff as I go. And so uh, you're kind of eventually going to uncover like exactly what all happened there. Mm-hmm. I found like notes scattered about of things that happened. So there's some of that stuff there, but along the way you're doing a lot of Stardew Valley stuff. Uh, you mm-hmm. go out into uh, the forest to uh, uh, you get three initial tools. You get a hammer for breaking down rocks, mm. uh, an axe for chopping down trees, and a uh, like a uh, it's not a scythe, uh, but something you would use to like cut down plants, uh, kind of thing. Mm. And uh, you can use those to attack wildlife. Uh, there's most of them so far that I've seen or not aggro at all. Mm. Uh, but there are a few so far. It's been like these big bears that are walking around mm. uh, and uh, some, some weird like lion kind of thing, lion bull kind of thing mm. uh, that's like charges at you. But 
you have enough health starting off. You do not really ever have to worry about dying to them unless you're just taking all the hits because they have a pretty long cooldown before they take another attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bears are pretty easy, and they'll drop items that you can use in your potions, so mm-hmm. it's worthwhile kind of taking them out. And uh, Eventually, you'll get recipes that limit what elements items you can use, so you may have to uh, especially sort of maybe go back into the forest to gather specific types of items. Uh, they do put stuff on the map to know you're like, oh, these plants are here. Uh, they don't really do that with uh, some of the other stuff yeah. uh, as much or where enemies are maybe ads or certain creatures. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the thing. You use stamina there. But unlike Stardew Valley, just existing doesn't drain your stamina. Uh, so if you have mm-hmm. story missions of like, oh, go deliver this stuff to here or go talk to this person or that kind of stuff, you don't lose any stamina just doing that. So that's mm-hmm. a nice thing. Uh, you do have fast travel points, so that kind of helps you get around a bit more quickly. Because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise you would lose a lot of time just doing that, just walking mm-hmm. around. But uh, they do a pretty good job with that stuff. There are definitely uh, some issues I've had Nothing really major. Uh, a lot of it's like, oh, in the codex, uh, there's one of the categories that I have like a, a big yellow three on top of it. I'm like, oh, there's three new items here, and I keep scrolling down, and it never goes down. Yeah. It's just bugged out like that. Uh, and that, that was a two before, so it's gotten a little bit worse. It's adding some item that doesn't uh, jive too well with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other real issues are kind of like uh, on the map when uh, you're looking at fast travel points, it can highlight any building mm-hmm. nearby, but it should tell you like, hey, this is when this shop opens and closes. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're all closed one day a week, so it could tell you that as well. So you could be like, oh, I got to go do this thing. And it really wants you to remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there's been times where I've done quest to uh, give something to somebody and it's like oh their shop is closed so I can't mm-hmm. go into there until the next day so sometimes you'll get quests where you talk to a person and like oh yeah let's go to my shop and do this thing and they take you inside the shop that's technically closed mm-hmm. uh, you can still get back out and all that but you can't like do any shopping or anything mm-hmm. inside I've had that a few times especially talking to the mayor Mm-hmm. He does not like talking to you where you are standing and talking mm-hmm. to him. He's like, oh, I want to go to my office and warp to the office. I had him do that while I was in the office. Mm-hmm. He had to like warp to a specific spot. Uh, or like, oh, let's go talk about this in my house. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they warp you back to where you started and other times they just leave you, uh, which was annoying during the one uh, mission I was doing. I was like, oh, I got to do this big thing to show... The mayor, I'm making progress as a chemist here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just left me in the f- in the forest. I was like, what the fuck are you idiots doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as m- also in the Stardew Valley vein, you're making friends with people. Uh, you're building up relationships with them, usually by doing like a quick like message with them, talking with them, which is usually like a quick platitude kind of message. And then when you fill up the bar, they have some big event of some sort that happens. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, ah, oh, we go here and we do a thing and that's the end of it. And other times it's like, ah, oh, 
you gotta go do me a quest mm. uh, or deliver me something you know, do something specific that will extend it a little bit longer mm. uh, for one of the women that runs the the blacksmith shop I had to like gather a bunch of ingredients and uh, it was like enough of one ingredient that only spawns a day once a day mm-hmm. that I had to come back like after three days of grinding out that stuff. So it was like mm-hmm. a little annoying, but it works out. This is and unlike a Stardew Valley, it doesn't have a like, time pressure to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not like, Oh, you got three years. You're going to be here kind of thing. It's described as an open ended thing. So I don't think you're necessarily forced to, uh, always be in a rush to do maximize your time like a Stardew Valley has. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good game. I'm liking a lot. I'm playing it on PC. It's on everything, PlayStation, switch, Xbox, and PC. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's worth checking out if you're wanting one of those kind of games, but where it's not based around farming mm-hmm. and having to tend to a farm and livestock and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is a farm in town, but I don't have to do any of the fucking work there. Mm. I can just go in when they're open and buy vegetables or whatever that I need, milk, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, like the, the only real annoyances are like things that could be better quality of life things, you mm. know, make it easier for me to see when shops uh, open and close. Like in the codex, you can see like all the animals you fought. Like, tell me what stuff they drop, so in case I forget what comes from what. Like, let me know where that's... Or if you're looking at all the materials you can collect, like, where does this come from? Does it come from a shop or, you know, uh, an animal, a plant, whatever? You know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, As well as, like, let me... uh, A lot of the the upgrades for parts of your house, uh, for different equipment you have, uh, that stuff can be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have like a drop box that you can drop off the extra potions uh, into to just get paid. Uh, so I get the feeling like you're probably supposed to do that uh, kind of thing. Uh, just make a bunch of potions and sell them off mm-hmm. uh, to make the money. But the the other parts is like, I need this money and a bunch of wood and rocks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the rocks, I have like a notepad here of the rocks I need and wood and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 200 to 300 of those, which you'll eventually get far enough that you're finding like the, the special rocks that drop a bunch and the big trees that drop a bunch of wood kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So there's that potion permit. I'm looking forward to playing some more of that. It's got the, the kind of right spin on the formula, uh, focusing mm-hmm. on more of a medical bent versus a farming bent mm-hmm. uh, that I'm curious to learn more about this island and the people and all that. Uh, you'd have like remarkable people, and one of them's the mayor's daughter, and she's not presented like an adult. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, eh, I don't, I'm not gonna touch the the underage girl. I think mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a big no. But uh, that's potion permit. Mm-hmm. And we're checking out for the huge crowd of farming games that are out there right now. Uh, but yeah, for other stuff I've been playing, been playing more Return of Monkey Island, kind of just streaming it. When I can, uh, I've managed to get off of Melee Island, uh, dealing with uh, LeChuck's crew and all that. So that's a fun little bit. Uh, and they do, for much as people think that uh, 
the uh, they hate the sequel games, uh, mm-hmm. the third and fourth and fifth games. Uh, one of the first characters you meet on the boat is one that comes from uh, the third Monkey Island game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray is Skull. Uh, so that's kind of a, a fun little nod. They have stuff that they've picked from the other games to include here. Uh, mm-hmm. I know part of that because one of the copyright things they got on the, the YouTube from the first stream was uh, a theme song from, I think, Curse of Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I guess that's in here. I don't know what that is, but there you go. So yeah, enjoying that a lot still. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I've been playing is God of War. I managed to beat that, so I'm ready for uh, Ragnarok here next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, still been playing a bit afterwards because it does a good job of like setting up your ability to just go do other stuff that you mm-hmm. missed. Uh, whereas many open world games just like revert you to a save from mm-hmm. before you beat the final boss. Uh, this one's just like, oh yeah, you've you've done a thing you've come to do. Uh, there's still other people who need help. So uh, if you want to, uh, you can go and take down more Valkyries and help other people and get the collectibles and all that kind of stuff. And go to say maybe some of the other realms you may not have gone to. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a fun time. I'm probably going to spend a little more time doing some of the, the extra stuff and see what, how much more time I need for the platinum, which I don't know that I have it in me for that, but I've uh, been enjoying that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, uh, Brandon, how about you? And then Dan Herb's here, so yeah, uh, he'll be right after you. So go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. So uh, I did my review for Trails from Zero. It's uh, available on Smashpad for anybody who wants to read it. Uh, as you can probably guess, I enjoyed it, but I go into more detail there. So uh, uh, primarily, my gaming has been taken up by Hard Space Shipbreaker this week. Um, and, uh, we've now, I've now gotten past the point where we have, like, a middle management dude that's showed up, because, uh, at some point, someone let loose the fact that people were talking about maybe forming a union, and obviously the Lynx Corporation doesn't like that, so they sent this guy to basically watch over everyone, and also, he seems to care more about, uh, hitting company targets rather than actual safety and everything, so he keeps bumping people up on their certifications for more dangerous assignments, even though they're nowhere close to being ready. Um, Most recently, I just got to where I was able to uh, start dealing with uh, radiation filters, which are apparently, at least according to the foreman, extremely dangerous. Uh, compared to a lot of the other things that you have to deal with in this game. And this is a game where you basically have to handle live nuclear reactors, you know, going through a controlled meltdown so that you can get them on a barge for cash. Um, Yeah, he likes to just go like, oh, just get them ready to do this thing. Like, no, they're not ready at all. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, do it. We need somebody to do this now. Yeah. Um, So I'm doing the radiation filters things now. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty dangerous, I'm pretty guessing. And and keep in mind, when I'm talking about those nuclear reactors, there's, like, more than one class of them. Class 2 reactors are actually even more dangerous because of how fickle they are. Um, These are the ones that are in, like, the the shield? Yeah, there's literally, like, a a lead shield that you have to remove piece by piece before you can actually get to it. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. 
Because I like to I like to hit stuff before I like start taking apart, and it's really easy to just fuck that up. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I turned this thing off before I'm supposed to. Yeah. Whoops. Um, what I basically do usually is I just uh, go into the you know the hull and just sort of deconstruct the area around where the reactors are. So you've got a direct line to the barge without having to deal with any of the other parts of the ship. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, been playing that, and I've also been playing Deathloop, and that game is just endlessly fascinating. I come with the fact that, you know, it's genuinely fun and really funny at times. Um, The world building is very interesting, because it's essentially, it takes place in the same universe as the Dishonored games, but it takes place, you know, further along in a more modern part of the timeline. So it looks a lot like, you know, our world in like, say, the mid to late 1960s. But because it's literally a different universe, technology has taken some odd turns from what you would normally consider, you know, things like, uh, for example, the way their automobiles are built, or even something as simple as an electric guitar and how it looks. Um, their money is another example. Um, but unlike in the Dishonored games, where you're obviously encouraged to keep stealthy and try and kill as few people as possible to get the best ending, here you are absolutely intended to uh, kill every single person you come in contact with. Um, and they will more than happily kill you as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, the whole thing is like taking place in sort of a sustained time loop. So every day you start off in the morning waking up on a beach, you know, after you're, after you're, you know, after you die. And to be honest, you will die a lot because the whole point is you're trying to kill all of the main guys on this island to break the loop for good. Um, but, you know, it's a temporal time loop, which means that, you know, sometimes memories will get fuzzy and, you know, things like routines and stuff are things you have to learn because to make it easier to kill all these people. Um, and it's not as simple as, like, you know, watching them or something. You have to, like, pick up uh, clues, listen to conversations, stuff like that. Um, but all in all, it's a hell of a fun game. And it's also gorgeous looking too really obvious why this game is made specifically for the current generation because this game could not work on a ps4 at all um yeah that's what i've been playing so dan rev what about you i've primarily just been playing trails of trails from zero um yeah. i am in the midst of chapter four mm-hmm. which i believe is the second to last one um yep and man Chapter three was long as shit. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. Like I was like, how many days is this? How many missions do I have to do? So I'm, I'm going to assume that I'm near the end because every side quest in chapter four was a monster extermination and every extermination got me some uh, new moves. So uh, that, that has to be a uh, telling piece. Um, so, I mean, we, we talked about it last week. If you play Trails of Cold Steel the entire way through, Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen in Crossbell. So yeah, it's weird because like nothing, nothing that we're doing in Chapter Four, at least for right now, has anything to do with what's going on in the greater political society of what's happening, like you know, in the world. So I'm, 
I'm I'm guessing I'm going to get to the point where shit hits the fan really, really, really soon. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know, like it's it's kind of weird because so Trails has this uh, formula of um, you know the important stuff happens, but in between you have all these subquests. And um, what I'm wondering, even though I sort of kind of already know the answer to that question, is uh, is whether or not like the last dungeon or at least the last canonical dungeon is going to be like mindlessly complicated because every single trails game does that so yeah I'm, I'm guessing it will it won't be overly uh um what's it called um it won't be like you know one path the whole way through but yeah we'll see how it goes i am like 35 hours in i'm near the end and i'm looking forward to finishing i have a flight to london in the middle of the week so i'll probably finish it then and um mm. yeah like that's pretty much it from there and i after that i hope to get into um live alive and uh, when I get back from my trip, I uh, want to jump into um, A Plague's Tale because the sequel is coming out on Xbox soon and I want to be able to catch up in that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, like that's pretty much it. Trails is great. Like Brandon said, his review is up. So go ahead and give that a read. And uh, I don't know when uh, Azure is coming out, but I'm already looking forward to that. That's all for me. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a new month. Uh, so we have new games for uh, you to check out on your monthly subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation Plus is up first for the essential games. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike last month, they decided not to announce the uh, the rest of the month mm-hmm. uh, at the, the first blog post. So they're probably still figuring out when the best time is to announce that stuff. Uh, but we do have your three games for the month here. Uh, first up is Hot Wheels Unleashed uh, for PS4 and PS5. This is the uh, most recent like arcade game mm-hmm. uh, that they put out, I think, last year at some point uh, that has uh, a lot of the the famous like uh, various types of Hot, hot Wheels uh, cars in it. Uh, a lot of that stuff uh, it has like, a whole big campaign mode, as well as a bunch of multiplayer, local and online stuff and mm-hmm. as well as a track uh, creator so you can do all that kind of stuff as well so that mm-hmm. looks like that'll be a fun one to have here mm-hmm. uh, let's see after that there's Injustice 2 for the PS4 mm-hmm. uh, sort of the, the last of the Injustice games uh, that's been released uh, so you can check out the uh, all that stuff they put in there mm-hmm. uh, that, there's that uh, and then Super Hot for the PS4, uh, which is a fantastic uh, little indie first-person shooter mm-hmm. uh, where its big gimmick is that time only moves when you move. Mm-hmm. Uh, no health bars or anything, no uh, stuff like that. So you're just uh, walking around these like blank, uh, white, sterile kind of environments uh, looking for other enemies that are red, crystal, Mm -hmm. Uh, You try and take your shots to line them up for where the enemies will be uh, kind of thing. Uh, Usually they're chasing after you. Uh, You have guns and melee weapons. You can also just pick up stuff in the environment and throw them at enemies uh, to knock them out or maybe hit them so that they drop their gun that you can pick up and then shoot them with it. All that kind of stuff. They do a lot of really amazing stuff there. And it's a uh, a very fun campaign for like three or four hours it'll take not too long of a campaign uh, so that's worth checking out and 
yeah, it's a pretty good lineup there for the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people with uh, PlayStation Essential and up uh, any PlayStation Plus member there, uh, that'll be available here on the 4th, October the 4th on uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Games with Gold, this is their first month having dropped the uh, the Xbox 360 or Xbox games mm-hmm. from the service, and that means there are only two games here. Mm. They've not bumped that up in any way. Uh, let's see, first one available now, October 1st to the end of the month, Windbound. I believe that's kind of an adventure exploration kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, have not played that, but I've been thinking about it uh, starting at some point, but I think it's also on PlayStation Plus uh, Extra. So you've got a chance to check it out wherever you're at mm-hmm. there. Uh, for that, uh, and the other one, starting on October 16th to November 15th, is Bomber Crew Deluxe Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a pretty neat little game that is basically uh, FTL set in World War II, mm-hmm. uh, where you're in the crew of a bomber, mm. uh, or you're managing the crew on a bomber ship, uh, flying around, uh, taking out you know other planes, and dropping bombs and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. as you move people around to where it's needed because you know it's that sort of game where you never have as many people as you have stations mm-hmm. uh, it's always just short so you gotta move people around as needed uh, they made a follow up that is basically what if what if it was set in Star Trek mm-hmm. in space so that's a neat little game worth mm-hmm. uh, checking out so there you go two games this month mm-hmm. uh, some decent games so it's not yeah. too bad but Definitely doesn't feel like they want to put a big foot forward on this thing to mm-hmm. make up for losing two games a month. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go for that. Uh, let's get to some news, mm-hmm. uh, especially dates here. One, uh, Skyrim has been released again on the Switch, uh, the mm-hmm. Skyrim Anniversary Edition. It came out... Uh, what was that last year for the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S and PC? Uh, but it came out at the surprising price of seventy dollars, sixty nine ninety nine. That is kind of a wild thing to see on the Switch. Uh, that does have some slight bonuses for this over the others, but the thing is, this version, the anniversary edition, that's on. Uh, the other consoles is $50. So it's more expensive than what's on more capable systems for handling the various upgrades that this offers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a uh, just one thing. The base version of Skyrim is still $60. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have that $60 game, you can pay $20 to upgrade to the anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. You know, and pay $80 for Skyrim for this thing that is $50 on the other consoles. Mm. So you're still paying way more. Yeah. Uh, maybe you get it on sale for 30 bucks and then pay the 20 bucks upgrade. Mm. That thing goes on sale pretty often. So you, you know, if you can wait, uh, it'll go on sale. Uh, not that much, maybe like 15 bucks instead of 20, mm-hmm. uh, but you can get it. So yeah, that gets you a handful of the creators club items, as well as some other, uh, bonuses, uh, but the the full thing includes 
pretty much all of the Creators Club stuff that was added at a certain point. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. A way to pay even more money for Skyrim, uh, a game that you already got on this system like two years ago. So yeah, it's just kind of a, a weird, a weird thing. Yeah, like it seems like that is uh, Bethesda taking advantage of uh, a system that this game sold really well on, mm-hmm. and just trying to squeeze even more money out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Bethesda just taking advantage of uh, the Switch players mm-hmm. and their desire to have these kind of games uh, in their in the way they want. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely recommend waiting for sales for this stuff. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. A game you should buy. Yeah, seriously. Uh, let's see something else that's happening here pretty soon. Uh, PlayStation Stars, the rewards program that Sony is uh, starting up just for the PlayStation uh, players. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is. A let's see, it's alive now on uh, Asian users, mm-hmm. uh, including Japan. Started up September 29th. Mm. Uh, it'll be going live in North and South America October 5th, mm. and Europe, Australia, New Zealand are going to be starting it October 13th. Mm-hmm. I have a big Q and A here if you need to learn a bit more about it, mm-hmm. but it is free to join. Mm. Uh, you just need an adult account for PSN. Uh, and then accept the terms of service to join. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll get points to complete for purchases you make on uh, the PlayStation Store, as well as completing its uh, what they call campaigns and activities, little quests kind of thing. Uh, that seems like it's similar to what uh, Game Pass has or Microsoft Rewards uh, has on the console. There's sort of a lot of like, oh, play a game. Uh, as well as maybe be some more specific stuff for playing, you know, older games or answering little quizzes, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can get uh, loyalty points or digital collectibles. Those collectibles are not NFTs in any way. Mm-hmm. They're just little, you know, character models or whatever that they've made for this thing. Mm-hmm. It could be like, Models of like, oh, here's, you know, the the launch PS3 or like I've seen, they have a few that are just here's different monkeys from Ape Escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go like, oh, here's here's like the the French one that was manning the uh, the little boats in the one level, that kind of stuff. Uh, but they say like, uh, these are created just for our loyalty program. While some can be rare, they're not one of a kind. Nor does it lo- leverage blockchain technology. They cannot mm-hmm. be resold or traded. Digital collectibles can all be earned or acquired through PlayStation Stars. So, like, no, these are not NFTs. You're not going to make money off of these things. So, yeah. Uh, I guess they also have status levels as well. Uh, it says once you reach a status, status level, you'll stay there for the remainder of the calendar year, mm. plus an additional 13 months, for example. So if you earn level 2 in October, level 2 status would remain valid through that calendar year. Continue for the next 13 months until January 1 of the next year through January 31st of the following year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's neat. I uh, look forward to seeing how that uh, turns out. That'll be able to hear later this week. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. 
Also happening here pretty soon, Scorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was supposed to be out October 21st, but it's, they are ready ahead of schedule, so they're just going to release it October 14th instead. Yep. Uh, if you don't remember yep. what that game is, that is, the game is, what if we made an HR Geiger game? Yeah. In every way. In and literally that, every way possible. In every that, way you can conceive of. Yeah, that creepy, sexy horror stuff, and not not mm-hmm. sexy in a fun way. Sexy no. in that everything looks like genitals yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Very uncomfortably, let's put it that way. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I've i been anticipating playing this, and I'm honestly, you, you got to understand, this game, they first announced this game years ago. It's been in development for a while, and... Uh, there was a short time when people are convinced this game was never going to come out. Um, and here it is. It's coming, and it's actually, apparently, it's one of the more unusual things, which is that they've actually moved the development, I mean, the the uh, release date up a bit, which is very unusual. But, uh, yeah, so it's actually going to be out in a couple of weeks now. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm... Definitely going to play it. It's supposed to be uh, day one access on Game Pass, so I will be playing it very quickly. You know, yeah. as soon as it comes out. Yeah, maybe the most enjoyable thing I've seen out of this game is that somebody took the, you know, the I Love Corn Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody made a song around that on TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, taking his bits of dialogue there, and then somebody even smarter said, what if I take that and then put it to bits of scorn. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, I love scorn. Mm. And that's just even creepier, but mm-hmm. probably more enjoyment than I'll get out of the game. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know that I'll actually play because it's seems like too much. But uh, yeah, you can test it out yourself mm-hmm. and see if that is uh, something that you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. As uh, we get into this holiday season here with uh, Halloween up first. Yeah, and there's going to be a whole shit ton of games that are fixing to just explode out in releases in the next couple of months. So, Yeah, don't say that about Scorn. Yeah. That's that's just how it tells you when it's orgasming. Yeah. Uh, Let's get something a little more pleasant. Shattered Remastered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shattered Remastered Deluxe, technically is the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, is launching for everything. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, November 2nd, it's going to be $10. Uh, this is a uh, an Arkanoid-like uh, kind of game uh, mm-hmm. where you are controlling you know, a little paddle dude. Uh, this way the story goes at the very beginning is like, oh, you're just playing a very boring game of like Arkanoid or whatever, mm-hmm. and then uh, you're board decides to do something weird and breaks your enclosure and gets out into all the weird stuff and so your board is able to affect gravity mm-hmm. uh, sort of push outward and pull inward uh, potentially be able to pull you know little score uh, balls into your character pop-ups uh, that kind of stuff but you also can affect the trajectory of the ball yeah. as well so you have to be careful not to like screw yourself over Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you get special abilities uh, along the way, power-ups, all that kind of stuff. You make yourself smaller, or sh- uh, bigger, uh, be able to grab the ball, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, that is 
very unique to this, and it just has a fantastic soundtrack and all that. Mm. Uh, so they've done a, a good job, it looks like, uh, remastering this for 4K and 120 frames per second, mm. uh, improved user interface and all that stuff. Uh, so it should be a delightful game to play uh, on any screen you can play it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, and it's a a ten dollar remaster. It's not many of those out there. Yep. Uh, so that one, if you're into Brick Breaker games, mm-hmm. Arkanoid clones, oh, Breakout yeah. clones, all that kind of stuff, this one should be one you should check out if you missed it the first time. Absolutely. Yeah, so there you go for that. Uh, another game coming out the, the next day, November mm-hmm. 3rd. Uh, the Entropy Center. And that's mm-hmm. Center with the R and E switched for what I would spell it, the ER mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, it is instead C N T. C-E-N-T-R-E to be the fancy way. Uh, But that is out November 3rd, Mm. uh, hitting PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, And that is sort of a first-person puzzle game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, portal-like in that sense. Uh, From a new studio called Stubby Games and the trailers they've been putting out uh, looks pretty good. Looks pretty neat. So I'm definitely interested in seeing how that turns out. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll be out uh, about a month from now. Mm-hmm. November 3rd might be one as well to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something you cannot check out really at this point is uh, Google Stadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google announced that they are shutting down the service uh, yeah. January 18th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, after that you won't be able to ac- access the Stadia service in any way. Mm-hmm. As for games and hardware, Google's offering refunds for all Stadia hardware purchases. Yeah. Uh, it's controllers, Founders Editions, Premier Editions, Play and Watch with Google TV packages through the Stadia store, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a very generous thing to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, for this, a lot of services shut down. It's just like, well, you had your chance. Goodbye. Uh, uh, the thing that will not be refunded are people that had Stadia Pro subscriptions, but. Uh, if you still have access to the service, maybe have an active pro subscription, you can still keep playing your games for the last you know few months here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, uh, but yeah, let's see. Yeah, most hardware purchases made directly from Google will not require you to return your hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company tends to have the majority of refunds processed by the time it's shut down. So over the next few months, they'll get that all dealt with. Uh, yeah, no purchasing is allowed anymore on the Stadia store. Uh, any pre-orders, if you're somehow that person to pre-order games on the Stadia store, those are all canceled. Any money that might be tied up in that stuff has been uh, refunded. So for the most part, most people will get out of this with about as much money as they put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is obviously that very little people, very little amount of people ever put any significant money in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what? Google tried to make this whole thing out to be. Mm-hmm. And despite that, uh, they were still doing a lot of work, you know, getting devs, uh, signing deals to bring games over and publishers and all that stuff. Uh, seen a lot of games in recent, uh, you know, the last few months. That announced Stadia alongside, you know, PC and consoles and all that. Mm-hmm. But it seems like uh, when they 
announced made this announcement here. Uh, they had not let most people know that this was going to happen, including devs who had been working on games to release in the imminent future, as well as people that worked for Google mm. on the Sadie team. A lot of them found out when, you know, people started posting about it on Twitter or posting news articles, mm-hmm. you know, which is a fucked up way to do things when you work for the company. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they mentioned here, Tangle Tower was due to launch on Stadia in two days' time. Yeah. This article was the first I heard about it shutting down. Seriously. Uh, other developers felt similarly sucker punched. We have a title coming out November 1st. Now we hear about this. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess. Let's uh, see, we'd strike, we'd signed a deal that had been working towards a release on Stadia slash Stadia Pro for Arctic Awakening in 2023. Mm-hmm. We just had communication with our partner manager earlier in the week, going through some next steps. So there was no indication anything was changing. A lot of people were like, well, I have uh, a Simon Roth here on Twitter saying, in all caps, oh boy, very happy to see months of my work going in the bin again. I sure do love game development. Mm-hmm. That seems to be tons of devs that were working on stuff because, you know, Google paid them to do uh, that extra work. Basically being like, oh, I guess that was a waste of our time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's easy to feel for the devs who, who feel blindsided by this, but at the same time, it's like, if they're even paying attention to the world around them, you know, this was writing on the wall months, even years ago. Um, I give Google all the credit in the world for going ahead to take this risk and, you know, making cloud gaming what it is. Because, you know, um, I don't think um, a lot of the other, you know, development teams or studios that, you know, went ahead and did their cloud gaming would have succeeded without Stadia, you know, going ahead and making their first benchmarks. But at the end of the day, like, this is a platform that was given out for free with TVs and whatnot and like i said the the writing was on the wall for years and years so yeah google is paying these guys to go ahead and make their games but no one is investing no one no no one is buying them so Mm -hmm. to say they're blindsided would be i don't know in my opinion it's it's playing victim i mean it's it's pretty obvious that you guys were to be shut down sooner than later um it is a little bit surprising to me that like the wii u outlasted them as far as like time and development but yeah, like I wouldn't say. I mean, I'm sure you two agree that this this was hardly a surprise. So as far as being blindsided, I don't believe it. Um, I do feel for them, uh, but at the same time, it's like yeah, you do have projects in the pipeline, and yeah, you are being paid. But Google isn't making any money off of you. And if there's one thing that Google is known for, it's if something is not working, they're gonna they're gonna quit fast. And this is another example. No, um, I think it's. I think it's pretty shitty to not give people the heads up that this was happening. Like it could happen, you know, uh, you know, down the road, uh, it still deserve people that are, you know, working on your platform to say like, Hey, you probably don't need to keep working on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when people are like, Oh, we just talked to our, you know, our partner manager who's you know, their contact at Google. It's a, has zero idea what's going on. Uh, and that's not great when you got your own people internally that have no idea that, you know, this stuff is happening to soften the blow. Mm-hmm. That's just continued, like, big tech 
not really giving a shit about their uh, business relationships or developer relationships with their partners. Mm. I mean, are there any hard numbers about like people actually losing their jobs? Because I did read a few lines here that people were being shifted to different partners. In Google, people probably getting shifted around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, indie devs and such, you know, I don't think anybody's like staffing up for the Stadia project. Mm. But, you know, indie devs will take any opportunities to make some money that they can, mm-hmm. especially if the, the platform holder is offering to pay, you know, the costs that it would take to get their game on their service. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to basically be a win win situation. Yep. But yeah, it's. The whole thing that just like, yeah, there's a reason why Google wasn't cut out for this service, for this uh, being a platform holder. Uh, They, like a year or so in, just basically cut down their entire internal development Mm -hmm. uh, studio, showing that like they have zero interest in really being an actual platform holder Mm -hmm. and making first party games. Mm. Uh, If they couldn't wait even a year or two years or whatever. Like to give people a idea of what this, uh, how long this thing's been out? It's been out uh, by the time it shut down, like just over three years. Mm-hmm. That's twice as long as the Dreamcast lasted before they ended that thing. Mm-hmm. Dreamcast was a year and a half. This will be like three years, maybe one or two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, which doesn't mean it's like more or less of a success. It just means Google kind of messed up, uh, failed early on, and just kind of kept it going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They felt like that was a sunk cost probably at a certain point. Mm-hmm. But they came in with a bad idea up front, despite you know doing some brilliant marketing, where if you remember, they had the, the big setup when they were, I think, getting ready to release. They had the, what, the Dreamcast... The Power Glove uh, copy of E.T. on the Atari 2600 mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where it's like people didn't already didn't expect them to do well, but that was very yeah. much like, oh, either this is an incredibly low bar mm-hmm. or this is where your platform is going to be uh, mm-hmm. listed besides for big failures in this industry. Seriously. Uh, and yeah, like the, that's the whole thing. And it's hard to really talk about how successful this thing was because all you really need was a browser mm-hmm. and a controller, uh, for a lot of its games. So it's not even like you can talk about how much hardware they sold, mm-hmm. but obviously there are going to be a lot of devs that are going to have a lot of work cut out for them. Cause like the, the destiny two devs, mm-hmm. they put that game on stadia. And so it's like, okay, how do you, you know, try to get those people over to like the Steam or Epic Game Store version? Because uh, you're going from a platform where people don't need to have uh, the great hardware to handle those games to now, if you want to keep enjoying the game, you'll have to go elsewhere for it. Uh, and either find a PC that can play Destiny 2 mm-hmm. or, you know, go away for good. Mm. And so that hurts their player base, uh, despite that probably not being as big of a uh, of a loss for them. Uh, but you know, PR wise, Bungie will not like being 
losing out on any amount of people mm-hmm. purely because one of the platforms shut down. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you got other games on there that have been doing that kind of stuff. But now you're going to have uh, developers that uh, have made some exclusive games. Not that many, but there are definitely some exclusive games on there. They're going to have to now figure out what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of them is, uh, I forget, I just saw the title a little bit ago. It's like Glint or something like that. And they said they are working on uh, porting that game to the other consoles mm-hmm. and such. Uh, I know Q Games just put out a statement the other day about their game. I think it's Pixel Junk Raiders or no. I guess Pixel Junk Raiders that. Yeah. That was uh, kind of published by Google. It was exclusive. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, uh, as of January 18th, 2023, that game will no longer be able to be played. Uh, yeah. It's sort of being like, uh, if anybody has any leads for maybe finding a publisher that wants to help them sort of work on that game for new platforms, you know, send them out uh, emails mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, that kind of thing. That's kind of where they're at for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still still do say at the end, like, oh, you can still go and play uh, a 60-minute trial without a subscription and sort of uh, just even check it out. Just mm-hmm. know it exists. So, yeah, it's put uh, devs in some bad uh, places to have mm-hmm. to deal with the notion of, well, what do we do now with all this work we've done for nothing, which for some of them, probably a familiar feeling. Uh, but unfortunately, we'll have to deal with again. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to affect some of these teams too much. So if Google wants to be uh, come out of this even better, like pay them all the stuff you've you know promised to pay them, yeah, as if they actually finished the finish the work. Mm-hmm. That will ease their their suffering uh, and let them. Come out of this with at least less animosity. Yeah, that's just kind of the the shitty situation that Google put themselves in, mm-hmm. and uh, other people. So, good job, Google. Yeah, you've killed another thing. Yeah, once again. Yep. So, yeah, let's get to uh, something that probably will continue to exist. Uh, EA has a new game coming out. Yeah. Uh, weird pub partnership with them and uh, Koei Tecmo. Particularly, mm-hmm. I think the the team behind most of their Warriors games, uh, mm-hmm. Omega Force, on a Monster Hunter clone called Wild Hearts. Yeah, which is like that's a lot of words I would have never expected to be associated with EA. Uh, it'll be out on yeah PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Yeah, uh, February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. That'll be a $70 game, but what they're showing here looks really quite nice. Uh, they put out a trailer and some some screenshots, mm. and it's like, man, if they can do this, making a clone like this, man, what would be nice seeing what a Monster Hunter World 2 looks like? Because mm-hmm. this game looks really nice. It has a really nice, like, colorful style to it. It seems like it's based on a lot of like Japanese mythology, feudal Japan kind of stuff. Uh, so that could be a pretty cool area for this. Uh, so let's see how that turns out. But it looks pretty neat. Maybe we'll have a, a beta out there or something. But 
yeah, there you go. Wild Hearts. Mm-hmm. Something you to look forward to as uh, Koi Tecmo finds the weirdest partners for every project. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. And uh, yeah, we had a Ubisoft had a major game that was scheduled to launch, I think, November 8th. Mm-hmm. Skull and Bones. Yep. Guess what's happened? It's no longer hitting then. No. Uh, it's going to be out March 9th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting out a message saying, Ahoy there, privateers. Our team is hard at work polishing and balancing the experience ahead of the worldwide launch. It was really made the tough decision to move our release date to March 9th, 2023. We're very eager for our you all to get your hands on skull and bones and dive in head first mm-hmm. to the dangerous and exciting world of building your own pirate empire uh, to give you the most, give you the best possible experience. We just decided to take a little more time to make sure we can deliver exactly that for the most eager of you. Mm-hmm. We are also very happy to announce that we will hold an open beta of the game in the near future. Share mm-hmm. more news on how you can sign up to register soon. Keep your spy glasses trained on our social media for more news and announcements. Mm-hmm. So it seems like in spite of the delay, they're still going to let people play it mm-hmm. and see if they want to keep an eye on that March 9th date or not. Or just continue mm-hmm. to forget this game doesn't exist. So yeah, there you go. Skull and Bones. Mm-hmm. No longer coming out this year, but still before the end of the, the fiscal year. Yep. Um, I guess in hindsight, it might have been intelligent that they did move their... Uh, their release since it won't be quite as crowded. I guess, but that February is filling up pretty fast. Yeah, it is. January and March probably won't be too far behind. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I, part of me really just hopes that this game can recoup some of its cost because, God, the people working on this game must have been going through hell. <laughs> yeah. This game has been in development hell for so damn long now and has gone through like so many different builds. It's I just I just want this game to come out and they get some money and they can rest for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh though, yeah, the way that Ubisoft goes, they'll just be shuffled onto somebody else or something else. Mm-hmm. As uh they try to figure out what's uh, how long they can support this thing? That's worth you know put, investing the time into it, like they did with uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, or if they just abandon it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see about that, but yeah, there you go. Uh, for the the dozens of people that were excited for Skull and Bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, looking uh, here for some more news. People can fly. Mm. Had their publishing agreement with Take Two terminated. Yep. Uh, it was uh, tentatively called Project Daggerfall. Mm-hmm. Right now, it seems like they may self publish it instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've had not a great time making games for big publishers. Mm. Uh, this is a yeah, new action adventure IP that they've been, their New York team has been working on the last two years. Uh, they retain the intellectual property rights to Project Daggerfall as its sole owner. Mm-hmm. Continue its development within its self-publishing pipeline. It's not ruling out maybe new publisher. I'm guessing they'll probably uh, want that to be on terms that are good for them. Mm-hmm. Versus like what happened with Outriders, where I believe they still have not gotten any uh, payout from it. Because it potentially has not... Uh, 
earned uh, Square Enix back their cost and investment in it. Uh, so they're basically did all that for not much mm-hmm. of a return. Uh, yeah, it seems to be one of seven projects they have working on. Yeah, right now uh, there's Gemini with Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Conveniently, uh, they have Project Bifrost that's self-published, Project Victoria that's self-published, uh, Project Red, which they're sort of in pre-production mm-hmm. on. Yeah, Green Hell VR for their VR project, and another new project based on an existing people can fly portfolio intellectual property that seems to also be a VR thing. So mm-hmm. they got plenty of irons in the fire. So seems like if they're confident in this game, they can uh, take the time to do it right. And maybe get a hit here that kind of keeps them uh, going for a while. Mm-hmm. So they haven't really had a big hit mm. here in a while. No, they really haven't. Maybe not since the the game they made with EA. I forget what that one was. The Storm. Yeah. Yeah. That one seemed to do pretty well. Yeah. But EA still probably took a lot of that money. Oh yes, they did. Uh, though I think they did a remaster of that might have been self-published. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, though that was uh, I forget who I think it was with one of the. 3D Realms, maybe? Because they had, like, Duke Nukem in there. Or maybe it was Gearbox. Something mm. like that. Had some DLC where you could play as Duke Nukem. Or as weird as that is. In that kind of game, but... Mm. There you go. And as we said earlier, E3 2023 may happen. Uh, the ESA has announced dates and sort of how the general structure for this thing is going to happen. Uh mm-hmm. As you may know, Reed Pop is now in charge of all the the planning and production for this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the group behind many of the big events out there, like the various PAXs, uh, EGX, which I think is Eurogamers Expo, mm-hmm. New York Comic Con, Star Wars Celebration, and others. So mm. they have plenty of uh, work in this kind of field that the ESA seems to have completely lost touch with how to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like it'll run from June 13th to the 16th mm. at LA Convention Center. Uh, feature separate industry and consumer days mm-hmm. and spaces. Uh, so that'll be cool. The partner digital events and showcases will kick off June 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the business days are going to be the 13th to the 15th, reserved exclusively for registered industry personnel. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to go hands-on with upcoming games showcased by developers and publishers from around the world amidst dedicated industry-only halls and spaces. Mm-hmm. Then E3 Gamer Days will happen from the 15th to the 16th mm-hmm. in a separate hall from the industry area, inviting consumers to go hands-on with upcoming games and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will host a dedicated theater of content, open to ticket holders featuring deep-dive looks at highly anticipated titles. Mm-hmm. That's a lot better of an idea than what the ESA has been trying to do for the past like four or five years, mm-hmm. uh, where they seem to just have a big hall full of games that they wanted the public to come in and play for like three or four days. Mm-hmm. And from what people were sort of reporting on, that like after one or two days, like nobody came back mm-hmm. really, unless there was just something they wanted to see. 
because mm-hmm. you could kind of just get what you wanted out in a day or two. Mm-hmm. So them shrinking it down to just two days seems like a good way to do that. Because you're probably not going to, in the middle of June, get a lot of big holiday games for people to play mm. uh, in the way that the the media might, mm. where they are used to dealing with like pre-release games and you know vertical slices, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, so that makes a, a lot more sense to kind of go the, the Gamescom kind of route, where they kind of divide things up a bit, make it easier for... You know, each side to have things catered to their mm-hmm. their interests and make it good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Instead of just one big pile of shit that everybody has to slop around in. Yeah. And find the good nuggets in there. Mm. As pleasing of an image that is. But yeah, there you go. ESA. Mm. Doing something smart for the first time in five or six years. Mm-hmm. Though so now the big question is who will be interested in this? Mm-hmm. Who will they get locked down for this stuff? But they also seem to be interested in not like shooing off people that don't wanna that wanna do stuff around the edges, like an EA or Devolver and some others would host their own things sort of outside of the convention, uh and do their own shows sort of outside of the E three schedule or press conferences. And so they seem like Hey, let's not treat those people like lepers and let's have them be, you know, accepted as part of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, you know, not encourage them to stay outside of the ESA E3 ecosystem, which mm-hmm. is also a smart thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. E3 may happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we still got eight months, so we'll see how that goes. Mm hmm. Uh, there's a lot of shit that can happen between then and now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last story of the nights. Uh, following up on the uh, Rockstar hack uh, last week, mm-hmm. they, the London City Police claims they've arrested a 17-year-old from Oxfordshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's maybe the person that uh, performed this hack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, are, they are still in custody, but apparently this is like a re- uh, repeat offender kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because part of this, uh, the way this is going, it seems like they have been, had a couple of charges lobbied on them initially. Mm. Uh, but one of them is for violating bail. Uh, their bail or uh, whatever their uh, probation sort of uh, requirements. Yeah. Which I imagine that was probably like, don't hack anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it anyway, so mm-hmm. that's one of them, but they pled no, not guilty to the other one, which was doing the actual hacking. So, yeah, two counts of breach of bail conditions and two counts of misuse of a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they pled uh, no, not guilty to, I think, those last two, uh, but not the first two. Mm-hmm. And they pled guilty to that. So, who knows? Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But yeah, not really too surprising that it was somebody from the UK that hacked into Rockstar Games, who was in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not really too surprising there. Mm. It'll be interesting to see sort of confirmations around this person and their dealings, because they're mm-hmm. also potentially the people behind the Uber hack that happened right before Rockstar got hacked. Mm. So they've been supposedly pretty busy. But they're also 
supposedly connected to a hacker group called Laspus, mm-hmm. uh, with L-A-S-P-U-S dollar sign. That's how clever they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed one of the letters into a symbol. Yeah. Uh, they were supposedly allegedly involved in other high-profile high digital intrusions, mm-hmm. including Uber, Microsoft, Cisco, Samsung, NVIDIA, and Okta. Uh, supposedly showed up last year in 2021, hacking Brazil's Ministry of Health. Mm-hmm. So they've been inactive, but they started ramping up again and going after Uber and Rockstar Games. So mm. that'd be interesting to see like what that whole thing turns out to be. Yeah, and how the, the British law deals with them. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not surprised it uh, take long for to track them down. Um, I'm pretty sure 2K put out and Rockstar put like a crap ton of money up for this guy's head. Um, but yeah, um, this guy is going to have to pay out the ass. They're going to, they are going to nail him to the wall for this. And um, yeah, he kind of deserves it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I joked about it last week. They'll, they'll, they'll do everything short of just killing this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, done the mortal sin, and, uh, you know, like, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, it's not that serious, but, you know, we all have our our timelines for when these are supposed to go out, and I, I, I feel nothing but, like, absolute remorse for, like, the devs who were, you know, trying to keep this under wraps, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, Rockstar keeps their secrets, and, uh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the 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 latest on the Rockstar story. Mm. But uh, yeah, that'll that'll be it for the show this week. And yeah, next week will be a fun show because it is going to be episode 400. Yep. Uh, we'll have some extra people on. I think Phil mm-hmm. is going to be on. Yep. Maybe Lee and Patrick. We'll see how people's schedules line up mm-hmm. uh, for that because that's still a week away. Anything can happen. Mm. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But we should hopefully have some extra people on. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably do a little bit of news. but. Uh, mostly talk about things we've been doing, playing, uh, mm-hmm. hitting 400, all that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. hope you have a good week ahead. Thank you to Brandon yep. Danner for joining. Always. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news mm-hmm. to talk about. Uh, we'll yep. be, yes, as I said, celebrating episode 400. So thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know mm-hmm. they should check it out and select strangers that will uh, be nice to you. So yes. thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a good week ahead mm-hmm. and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.